Welcome to Artisan Church. My name is Brian. We are in a series that we are calling Connect and Grow. Last week, we talked all about connections and making those connections. And this week, we're going to focus on, on growth. And our guiding scripture, shall we say, is found in, in 2 Peter. Now, Peter it was one of the closest apostles, uh, closest friends of Christ. You might remember Peter is one of the intimate three. He is the one that uh, kind of rested, reclined with Jesus and was a very good friend to him. And as Peter is writing this letter to the church uh, at large, not just a single church, but uh, churches all over, he, he is at the very end of his life. And so he is encouraging uh, challenging his family, his brothers and sisters in Christ. And this is what he says to them. If, if you think about this, if it's the end of your life, you're writing a, a letter to those that are close to you, you want to put the most important stuff in there. You want to put the stuff in there that they're going to remember. That, you know, if, if you forget everything else, this is what I want you to remember. And these are, this is one of the things that Peter wrote. Second Peter Chapter 3, verse 18, he says this. He says, but what? But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So his kind of dying breath, his last letter that he sends out, he tells his family and friends to grow, to not stop in your growth in Christ. And that's what we're going to be focusing on. That's what we're going to be talking about today as we look at growth in our lives, and in the life of our church. And so, how many people here are familiar with the parable of the sower and the seeds? How many people have heard of that before? Yes, yes. How many, how many so soils are in that story? Four, right? Okay, who can name them? Let me just shout them out. What's the first soil that, he, that they run into? The path, right? The hard path. And uh, Jesus talks about, if you're interested in this, I invite you to write this down, check this out later this week. Mark 4 is one of the places, one of the synoptic gospels um, that you'll find the story. Mark 4, first Jesus tells the story, and the great thing of, Mar of Mark 4 and in the other places of the gospel when this story is related, the, the disciples say, we don't understand, could you explain this? And then Jesus goes on to explain it, which is really cool. Um, so the parable of the soils, the first soil, the stony path or the hard path, what happens when the seed is cast on that hard path? It's snatched away. Satan comes along and snatches that, that the word that is represented by the seed, the word of God, and it is snatched away. The second soil, anybody? Rocky soil. Now what's the matter with rocky soil? The, the plants shoot up really fast, but they don't have any what? Roots. So when the, when the trials come, when the hard times come, when the, when the sun beats down on them, they wither and die. Right? Then the third soil. What's the third soil? Thorny soil. Now what's the, what do the thorns represent? Anyone? The sins, the worries, the cares of this life, right? And the plant grows up and then these thorns come and they choke the life, the worries of your life. The, 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 the flesh part of your, your being comes and it kind of suffocates the spirit, this plant that is growing. And then there's the fourth soil. And the fourth soil is what? The good soil. Now, what is the point of this story? 
what is the take-home message? What is the, the key message that Jesus is trying to get across in this message, in this parable? What do you think? What's that? Asking you what soil you're going to be. Anything else? Any other guesses? Okay, so kind of flip it. If we're, if we're the sowers and we're, we're kind of sharing seed with other people, we don't have any control of what kind of soil it lands on, right? Okay, cool. Growth depends on your foundation. Very good. I'd like to say that the, the take-home message... You're all wrong. The take-home message... <laughs> Uh, that makes you want to volunteer your answers next time, doesn't it? Oh, oh, can I be told that I'm wrong? Yeah. Um, no, it's it, the take-home message, I believe, that Christ is, is driving home here with the four different kinds of soil is not necessarily focusing on the soil itself, but it's the very last verse of, of Mark 4. It's found in verse 20 of Mark 4. Write this down. Check it out. It's going to be up on the screen also. But this is what Jesus says as he's explaining this parable. He says, and these are the ones sown on good soil. They hear the word, accept it, and what? Bear fruit, 30 and 60 and a hundredfold. Now, I like Mark's gospel because it goes 30, 60, and 100. Some of the other gospels go 160, 30. That's not necessarily a very inspiring thing. So I like Mark's gospel the way he brings it forward. So I think that the, all the other answers that were given were very, very good. I like those answers. I think another way that we can look at this is, is the message that Jesus is taking home is how do you know what kind of soil you are when God spreads his word, when he plants his seed in your life? How do you know what soil you are? Are you bearing fruit? Are you bearing fruit in your life? That's a tough question. Well, what, is, what is fruit? How do we know what, what fruit is? What, what does that mean in our lives when we bear fruit? Because, you know, what's fruity for some people might not be fruity for other people, right? So I think some of you probably are familiar with this passage, probably, as I mentioned, even the word fruit, and how do you know if you're bearing fruit? There's the, the Galatians passage probably popped right up in your head, Right? The fruit of the Spirit. What is the fruit of the Spirit? Galatians says, Galatians 5, verses 22 through 23 says, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, patience, kindness, peace, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So that's the fruit of the Spirit. Are you bearing fruit? Do you have fruit in your lives? Are you, do you have a sense of love? Do you have a sense of peace in your life? Are you showing generosity to other people? Galatians 5, I encourage you to write down Galatians 5 and check it out this week because in addition to giving the fruit of the Spirit, it also gives the kind of opposite of that, and that is when you're not operating in the Spirit but you're operating in the flesh, what are some of the things you run into, some of the problems? Things like lust and greed and anger and envy. So check that out this week. But in your life, are you doing these things? Are you, are you peaceful? Are you patient? Are you kind? You see, I think, in a way, what this is telling us is 
you know, what kind of fruit are, are we giving people? Because, you know, sometimes we come and we offer to people this, this wonderful fruit, and we say to them, here, take this. Isn't this wonderful? And if it's the fruit of the Spirit, it's, it's robust and it's beautiful and, and it's attractive. But you see, sometimes there's things... Tom, can you get in on this real close, this, uh, this fruit of the Spirit here? And uh, I'll do my best to stand still while you zoom in. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> so, or maybe you can see here, there's a little, uh, you know, there's a little mold up on the top there, gross. And maybe, maybe when we give the fruit of the Spirit, oh, oh. When we give, it's the Blair Witch Project. Um, when we're giving the fruit of the Spirit, you can zoom back out again so everybody doesn't get sick. Um, is your fruit maybe a little tainted? Is there maybe a little moldy part of your faith that needs to be uh, kind of cut away? See... I, I love nature. One of the things that I really value from, from my undergraduate experience is I, I, I was a biologist in my former life, and we would do things in like our botany class where we would go and we would just walk through the woods, through streams, through all these different kind of zones of, of plant life, and our job was just to observe and notice. And one of the things that, that I was always amazed by was the different ways different plants produced fruit. So you've got plants like apple trees. Apple trees produce this beautiful, red, round, juicy fruit. And it produces a couple hundred, probably, per plant, right, per tree. And then you've got trees like a maple tree. Now, how many people are allergic to maple trees? I am allergic to maple trees. I, I, every spring, I have a huge allergies because of maple trees because they just kind of give off their pollen, and it pollinates these little, you probably played with them, little propellers that kind of spin down. As, now is the time of year when they, they kind of spin down. They fall off the trees. So you have one kind of tree, and the way that it produces its fruit is it makes its fruit beautiful and attractive. And then there's another kind of tree that just produces a ton of fruit. It's the little propellers. And it just hopes that the wind will blow and these propellers will blow away and it'll cast its seed. And then hopefully one of those thousands upon thousands upon thousands of seeds will fall into the ground and germinate and become a new tree. And so... When we're talking about fruit and bearing fruit, I think it's important as we look at nature possibly as our guide to realize that your fruit, it may be different than mine. And that's really important to understand that and to recognize that. Because fruit can be attractive to different people. So for one animal, an apple is going to be very attractive. For another animal, a burdock is going to cling to that animal's fur, and that's going to carry it on somewhere else. And so if you're really clingy, 
Maybe that's a good thing. <laughs> but <clears throat> I'm always struck by the amount of energy that goes into making this fruit. You know, the, 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 the flesh part of this fruit, all the outside stuff, don't look at the bad parts, just look at the nice part here. Um, all this outside part, the, 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 the flesh, the skin, all this stuff here, the only purpose that serves is to be attractive to other people or to other things, to animals, and to carry what's inside. Seeds, right? So an apple, you think about how much of the apple is flesh. All that flesh is there just to be attractive to an animal that's going to eat it and carry it to another place so that the core and part of that apple falls on the ground and germinates and produces a new plant. In our lives, are we being attractive with our faith? Are we producing fruit that is enticing to other people? That's that, that they look at it and say, you know what? That looks good. I want that. Or are they looking at your life, your, your faith walk, your fruit, and saying, hmm, it's kind of moldy and spotty, and I really don't want to go near it. So what kind of fruit are you producing? And maybe even more than that, are you producing fruit at all? I think Jesus shows us another example in the Gospels of what happens when we don't produce any fruit. In Matthew 21, Jesus is walking with his friends and his disciples and Verses 18 through 19, we see that in the morning, when he, that is Jesus, returned to the city, he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree by the side of the road, he went to it and found nothing at all on it but leaves. Then he said to it, may no fruit ever come from you again. And the fig tree withered at once. See, Jesus came hungry to a tree, a tree that was supposed to be bearing fruit. In fact, it had all its leaves and it looked really, really nice. It looked beautiful on the outside, but when Jesus approached it and looked for fruit, there was nothing there. And you see, I think this was a picture for Israel at that time, and I think it's a picture for us also today. A lot of times in Scripture, there's this big theological word, it's called expositional constancy. Write that down. Ex expositional constancy. Thank you for the correction, Heather. It is two words. Um, expositional constancy means that when something means a particular thing in Scripture at one point, it probably means a similar thing throughout Scripture. So trees, oftentimes in Scripture, represent God's people or God's church. So you know the mustard seed that's planted that grows up and it has big limbs and so even the birds of the air find their place in the in the limbs of the tree that tree represents the church birds of the air what did they do to the seed on the rocky path they swept it up right they ate it up what did uh, Jesus say that the birds of the air were Satan interesting so the 
tree is big enough so that the birds of the air, which represents Satan and evil, can come in and live in the tree. Huh. Does that mean that we might have some evil in the church, maybe? I don't know. So I'll just throw that one out. You can wrestle with that one at home. Write that down. Check that out. <clears throat> and use this practice of theological or uh, expositional constancy uh, to check all these different pictures and images in Scripture. But anyway, back to the point. We get to this tree, which represents the church, which represents God's people, which has all the outward trappings of something that is supposed to be fruitful, <clears throat> something that is supposed to be nourishing, something that is supposed to, if someone is hungry, is supposed to be able for that person to come to that tree and be nourished and fulfilled. But Jesus gets there and finds no fruit. And the tree is cursed. So in our lives, in your life, are you bearing fruit? And that's a hard question, but I think we need to ask that question of ourselves. And as we're researching this, as we're looking at our lives and thinking, do I have to bear fruit? Do I have to do this fruit of the Spirit thing of peace, love, joy, happiness, contentment, all these things. I think one of the errors, we talked about this in our staff meeting this past week, and, and I think we, it bears saying here this morning that one of the things that we really appreciate about Artisan and this place that we have created here that you all are making possible is that this is a place where you can be real. And if you're going through a hard time, man, it's okay that you're going through a hard time. If you're struggling with something in your life, it's okay that you're struggling with something in your life, and we especially encourage you to be talking with others about it and working through that. So when we say, are you bearing fruit? When we ask that question, when we look inside, we want to be careful to say, that doesn't mean that you have to be happy all the time, because that's not real. Everybody goes through seasons. Everybody goes through ups and downs. Some of us go through ups and downs every day. High times, low times. But as you're looking at your life, as you look at the, the season of a year, as you look at the journey that you are on, are you bearing fruit? And if, <clears throat> excuse me, if it's been a long time since you can look back in your life and and point to places in your life where you're experiencing peace or patience or kindness or gentleness or faithfulness, then maybe now is a time when you're not bearing fruit. And what do you do then? Well, I think Jesus tells another parable in his word about how we approach times in our lives and maybe even times in the life of our church as a whole where we're not bearing fruit. And that's found in Luke 13. Jesus tells this parable that a man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. Vineyards are the world. In the picture of expositional constancy, vineyards represent the world. So this vineyard, this uh, man has a, a vineyard, and he came looking for fruit on this tree that he's planted in his vineyard. And he found none. So he said to the gardener, See here, for three years I have come looking for fruit on this fig tree. 
and still I find none. Cut it down. Why should it be wasting the soil? And then the gardener replies and says, Sir, let it alone for one more year until I dig around it, put manure on it, and if it bears fruit next year, well and good. But if not, you can cut it down. So in your life, if you're going through a season where you're not bearing fruit right now, and it seems like everybody's dumping poo on you, that might be a good thing. Great, right. Because I think in our lives we go through seasons where we might not be bearing fruit, where we might not be very fruitful. And this might be a time where God is working in our lives and he's tilling up the soil. You know, breaking up the soil, that's a hard thing to do. And it takes work. It takes effort. It's uncomfortable. And sometimes there's just junk and manure that comes into our lives. But instead of looking at that as something that's not very pleasant, perhaps we can look at it as, you know what, this stinks for now, but this is actually going to help me grow and be more fruitful later. So take a year, till up the soil, fertilize. How do we do that in our lives? How do we make that a reality? As we're talking about being fruitful, as we're talking about growing in our faith walk, I think a lot of the, the, the risk that we run in the North American evangelical church is we come here on Sunday mornings and we sit in our chairs and we listen to a message and then we go out the hallway, good message, pastor, good job. And then we go on about our lives the rest of the week. And we are these wonderful, leafy, beautiful trees with no fruit. So, let me challenge you. And maybe even you are bearing fruit in your lives. But you see, the thing about fruit trees and anything that grows is that as you bear fruit, if you're not constantly being fertilized and kept, then you go wild if you're not allowing the vine dresser, the gardener, to come in and tend to you, then suddenly your tree goes wild. And instead of the, the bright, beautiful fruit of, say, like an apple tree, that you get these nice, round, big apples. You ever see an apple tree that's gone wild? What happens? What happens to the apples? They're these little dinky things, right? They're all spotted and gross, not very tasty at all, very dry, very bland. So whether you are producing fruit now, or maybe you're going through a period in your life where you're, you're it's a kind of a barren time, or maybe you're just checking out this whole faith walk thing, checking out what the, the claims of the Bible and Jesus are, and maybe you're that the seeds are being planted in your life like the parable of the soils and that plant is beginning to spring up in your life if that's you today 
I want to warn you that if you start hearing like little parts of your spirit that say things like, ah, oh, this is stupid. This doesn't make any sense. He's talking about fruit and trees and what does this have to do with my life? And I don't think this God stuff is real. That is the enemy. That is those birds, the, 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 the Satan representing Satan that are coming down and scooping up that the God's word that is being planted in your life so that it never has chance to take root. So some, there are these plants that are beginning to spring up. And let's commit together to be taking, as this parable tells us, this, this next year to allow God to till up the soil in our lives, maybe break up some hard parts of our heart and allow God's fertilizing to happen so that in this next year we can be, begin to produce fruit or we can, our fruit that we are producing can be more robust, more attractive, more healthy. And so I'd like to go back to the scripture that started us off, and that's 2 Peter 3.18. 2 Peter 3.18 again says, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And I want to look at that word grow and challenge us to do four things today. And you walked by that mystery table as you came in. Are you all peaked? Is, is everybody wondering what's under that mystery table, under that cloth? I know you're just sitting there with anticipation. That's great. You can cut the tension with a knife. Well, that, as we talk about grow, on that table, it, I'm, some people could say, well, that's not very interesting. Well, maybe not. But on that table, there are 14 slips of paper. And on those slips of paper are 14 different ways to grow in this next year. And what I'd like us to do is I would like to challenge all of us that in this next year, we're going to make some commitments. We're going to take our lives, if you would, take one of, one of each of these and pass it on to the person next to you and pass them to the back. Let me just take one. Thank you. And I invite you to commit to grow in this next year. Now, you might think that a year is a very long time, and it is. So I invite you, if, if a year is just too daunting, you can't really think about a year out, that's fine. Let's think about this next week. Think about today. What am I going to do today to commit to grow? Now, on the back, you'll see some examples of what it means to commit to grow. So the G in grow is God's Word. How are you going to grow in God's Word? Are you going to read, the, read your Bible daily? Maybe it's something like, you can go home and look up online the Book of Common Prayer and look at there's a reading schedule of the Psalms that will lead you through reading the entire Book of Psalms, all 150 in one month. You read about 3 in the morning and about 3 in the evening, roughly. Some days are more, especially when you get into Psalm 139. That's broken out over two or three days. Um, reading through the Bible in a year is another challenge. How are you going to grow in God's Word, the G of grow? How are you going to develop that in your life? How are you going to allow the seeds of God's Word to be planted in your heart? The R of grow is relationships. How are you going to grow in your relationships with others? Perhaps you are a mature plant. In that case you're probably not going to be doing the same things as someone that's new to the faith. 
If you are mature in your faith, if you've been walking with God for years and years and years, when you come to gather for worship, your focus should not be, what am I going to get today? Your focus should be, what am I going to give? How am I going to pass on what I have? How am I going to take the fruit and give it to someone else so that the seeds of God's Word can be planted in their lives? How am I going to develop those relationships? Grow. Grow in God's Word. Grow in relationships. The O of grow is our obedient living. Now, I know obedience, obey, it makes us all cringe, but it's what this is is really just how are we going to develop our faith walk with God? How are we going to do things like invite friends to come, hear God's word, check out what's going on? Right now, we have this great opportunity here at Artisan. We have those door hangers that we talked about last week with connecting people. If we are going to obediently live in God's word, God tells us to go out and share the good news. And that's very scary and very intimidating for a lot of us. And so we've got this opportunity to do something that's very low threat to us of taking a door hanger and putting it on someone's door and walking to the next house. No interaction, no scary communication with other people. But we have a great opportunity to share and obey God's word and God's challenge for us to share our, the good news with other people, to pass that fruit on. But one thing I forgot to mention with relationships is if you didn't notice on the, on the way in, we've got the, uh, the Connect and Grow Super Fun Wall out there. Don't taunt, taunt Super Fun Wall. Don't look at it cross-eyed. It might bounce around or something like that. On that wall, there are six or so different groups that are starting that you can connect with and grow in those relationships. And again, if your relationship is, or, or your walk with Christ is such that Bible studies, you've been there, you've done that, you've heard all the different Bible studies and things like that, then your job is really to be a mentor to other people. If you're new in the faith, your job is to find somebody to mentor you. And this, these groups are a great way to make those connections. So God's Word, relationships, obedient living. And then the fourth one is worship. How are you going to grow in two ways of worship? Individual, show your own worship. Maybe you're going to this week, as you're going through the week, just start praying for Sunday that as you come to worship together that God would prepare your heart so that you could give yourself to God in praise and thanksgiving. Is God going to prepare your heart? that. Maybe it's corporate worship. And so while you're here, you are greeting people. You are up here welcoming people with music. You are helping people get together and just praise God. So how are you going to grow this year in God's Word, in relationships, in obedient living, and in worship? Because we are called to grow and the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We're going to turn our attention to responding to God's Word now. And one way that we do that every week is we have the table of Eucharist, the table of Thanksgiving, where Jesus gave us these wonderful common symbols of, of bread and, and cup, 
the wine and the juice. And when he was gathered with his disciples and his friends, he took the bread and he broke it and he blessed it and gave it to them and he shared it with them and he said, when you eat this, when you gather at meal, remember me. Remember my sacrifice. Remember my body that was broken for you. And then when supper was ended, he took the cup and he blessed it and he gave it to his friends and he said, drink. And when you drink this, remember me. Remember my blood that was shed for you. Remember the relationship that you can have now with me and with God through this sacrifice that I'm making today. And so we invite you to come to table. Tear off a piece of the bread, dip it in either the wine or the juice, and remember Christ and His sacrifice that He made for you. If you are here today and, and wondering if you should participate in this table, we like to think of it this way. If Jesus were here in the flesh and said to you, join me at table, come eat with me, and your response to that would be yes, we invite you to table. Because that's open. That's what Jesus did. He invited people to come join him, to come walk with him, to journey with him. So that's one way to respond. The other way to respond is on your card there, you will see that there are two halves of that little brochure. And on the one side, oh, well, it's, it's mirrored on both sides. And one side is for you to keep. I invite you to put that in a, in a Bible that you might read on a daily basis. Maybe stick it on your refrigerator at home. The other side, I invite you to come on over here to this tree as a symbol, as kind of a representation of, of growth in life and maybe just a symbol of God fertilizing what he's doing here. I invite you to take that sheet, bring it over and kind of lay it at the root of this tree. So commit to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So I'm going to pray now, and as after I pray, the table will be open. It will be open for the remainder of our worship time here today. We invite you to come and uh, participate at the table at any moment in time. And I'll also be over here uh, sitting in this chair. If anybody would like to just take some time to pray, maybe there's some tough stuff going on in your life. Maybe you're recognizing that God is, is kind of pulling at your heartstrings right now uh, to grow. Maybe, maybe those seeds have been scattered and the, the uh, evil one is trying to scoop those seeds away. Let's pray together. And I invite you to come on over here to the, to the side of the room where the chairs will be. And, and we can pray together. So let's go to God and ask his blessing on our response time. Let's worship our Father in heaven. Our Father, thank you for the gift of your word. Thank you for this challenge to grow, to continually grow. I think of Peter that maybe he saw his church at a place that it, it's, it's been going great. But there was the danger that they would stop growing. And so, Father, challenge us to continue to grow, to continue to bear fruit, to allow you to get in there, get in there and work up the soil and, and fertilize our lives and so that we might bear that attractive, robust, healthy fruit. Father, thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus. We celebrate together now. We give you thanks for the sacrifice that 
that he made for us. And Lord, as we continue to worship together and respond to you, we pray that you would receive our gift of offering as we commit to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.